It's time for the 8 Grady Sports Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team with Jerome Espinoza and Dontrell Moore. Jerome Espinoza is a Class A PGA professional and director of instruction for 8 Grady's Golf. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! Dontrell Moore is a former Lobos and NFL running back and part of the Lobos football ring of honor. Dontrell Moore and he takes it in for the touchdown. Every Saturday morning, the guys will talk golf football and what it takes to be an elite competitor now here's jerome espinoza and dontrell moore good morning and welcome again to the eight grady sports show alongside my guy dontrell moore hello been a busy guy last couple weeks (laughs) Um, i'm pj golf professional and operate eight grades golf we'll talk about golf football um pretty much everything sports here i know um you know we have a a couple listeners <laughs> that are like, you guys are great. So we appreciate you all. Absolutely. We're here 10 to 11 every Saturday on 1017 The Team. Um, and so there's quite a few things to get to, obviously, Don Trail. It's a busy time of year and craziness going on with, you know, bowl games, conference championships. Um, actually, you know, golf is weird as it is. doesn't take a break anymore. I know. <laughs> especially with Tiger you know, oh, the, the needle is back. The needle and everything <laughs> like that. So, um, I I saw an interesting thing, and you know, you saw this, but um, I, I I just always find it interesting. And we've talked about golf getting a little more popular in just in general and stuff like that. But um, it was a sports thing, and talking about sports and stuff like that, and kids playing sports. Um, and it said, which, dude, it's, I mean, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, but I saw this that said 1.2 million fewer kids are playing team sports. Fewer. Fewer. Wow. And it said um, males are playing less, females are playing more, baseball's down 20%, tackle football is down 13%, tennis is up 51 and golf is up 32%. Wow. So could it be COVID? Yeah, I agree. Could be COVID. Yep, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, when everyone was locked in, they had very few team. Yeah, the team stuff. I guess you're right. It kind of went away, right? Absolutely, everyone it went was completely away. To share like Everything. basketball, golf was at an all time high in 2020. It, was, it didn't shut down. You know, they. Yep. That's yeah. the only thing that was open. Correct. So I, I I'm not surprised that it would be up. Um, I'm still shocked that those other sports are down that much, though, because football is America's sport. But pretty soon, I would say in the next 10 years, the NFL Super Bowl is going to be flying. (laughs) (laughs) So things are changing. You're not kidding about that. And and I was, for football, I found it interesting, like, um, maybe, you know, people and concussions um, and that CTE that came out and, you know, all those things that hit kind of at that time. Right. Um, and I, I know it, you know, this way better than I would, but they've taken some different precautions and I see, and you know, I see pads on top of the helmets now during practice, during yep. practice, mm-hmm. um, you know, concussion protocols that they've put in place where people are sitting out a longer time and that sort of stuff. 
Um, I don't know if that has something to do with the the percentage of football going down. Yeah, there's there's multiple things, right? Like, and for me, I mean, golf is a great game, so I, I have no issue with golf rising. It should rise. It should be, you know, just as popular as the other sports. I I love golf. I think it's a great game. I think the reason football is kind of taking a little hit, just in general, is there's more awareness of things. I I even think about in Don Tremor Football Academy, some of the, the the parents that sign up are like. We want to go with you because you're going to teach them foundation, how to move their body, do those types of things before we even decide to let them go play uh, tackle football, right? Because, and that's part of my thing, you know, flag football people come and if you want to transition your son into doing that or your daughter into doing that, then come get the basics and the foundation. But it is, it's, it's concussions. It's, um, uh, uh, like the world changing and being a little more well you really can't it's not tackle football anymore right you can't yeah. touch the quarterback you can't defend there's every hit even it's a if even if it's a good hit so the football is still football but there's so much that has changed that i think that has dropped the the overall um approval rating or the success rating or the popularity of it by and by i'd like to look at the numbers and i will maybe next time to see how the nfl overall is doing yeah or is it just youth football is it just you know what i mean that where the decline is well, I mean, here's something too. When we, you know, you're talking about tackling and injuries and that sort of stuff, I, I truly believe, and I've, I'm a massive believer in this, is that kids, one, they sit too much nowadays. Facts. But the other thing is playing multiple sports. Like kids oh, yeah. specialize way too early, and I think we've we've hit this <laughs> we a have. bunch. But I think it's really important, and I, I'm, I should probably look this up. But I would even say that it's massively important that kids cross train because the muscles and the movements and all that from football to basketball to baseball i don't i mean and i'm just picking the big ones obviously but anything you know cross country track is so important for kids and injury wise so i know people always want to want to blame you know football or blame basketball or blame whatever i think it's the cross training i agree i think cross training uh, Jerome is of 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 a huge. It's essential. I think it's important. When we've talked about it, you know, six or seven shows ago, we talked about some of the best athletes in the world were able to do multiple different things, multiple different sports. And you know, I played all the sports, and that's why when people's like, "Gosh, don't try, you can do every." Well, it's because that was important to me. I wasn't just a football player, just a basketball player, but for kid development, I one hundred percent recommend having your kids in multiple sports. The reason we we specialize, in my opinion, now is because money. Yep. That's to me that's exactly what it is. They say they say, Oh, if you're if you're specializing in basketball, then you have a better chance. Well, first of all, it's a zero point zero zero eight percent chance to make it <laughs> if your kid even if your kid comes out the wound specializing in it. So I agree with you, Jerome, wholeheartedly that they need to kind of stay 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 versatile until until you absolutely have to. Right? Football chose me later in life, not until yep. my senior year. I was playing basketball and golf and doing all those things all the way up until my senior year. And I was like, Well, okay, I have more offers in football. And then basketball, I'll go play football. Yep. Right. And that's why I was a really good football player. And vice versa, I was a really good basketball player because of my football foundation and power and training and all those things. So I, I think absolutely kids should do both. No, it's or uh, multiple you know, sports. Yeah. And I mean, you know, again, I would agree with you in COVID helped some of those rises, but then it becomes, you know, and I think the the discussion too was moving from individual sports to team sports. Um, I you know, I was talking with a couple of guys here in the in the studio about the difference is like, you know, I would say golf and I don't play tennis. I love um, tennis. I by think the way. it's cool, and, <laughs> but I never played competitively yeah. or anything, but it's a lot different in like, dude, it's on you. Absolutely. Like I, now 
there's good and bad to that, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. okay, it is me and how much I practice and how much time I put in. Sure. But I also can't be like, well, you know, I passed on Trill the ball today really good and he just shot terrible. <laughs> so that's why we lost. Right. Like, it's a right. look in the mirror and it's like, dude, my putting was bad or my, my forehand. forehand. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, so I don't know. It, and who knows? And that's why I think, and, and that on that same thing, on that same level, is that's why I think being able to do both, being able to play team sports and individual sports. Meaning, if I'm a football player and I'm playing golf, if I can challenge, if I can uh, uh, um, challenge myself and and mentally take on the 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 individualistic part of golf, how much does that help me in my team sports? You see yeah. what I'm saying? So if I can do For both, sure. if I know that, well, no, I'm hitting the ball wrong. It's not because. Jerome Espinosa, you know, didn't roll my uh, nine iron there. No, that's your shot. That's your choice. But if I can master the mentality of, you know, uh, self-control and self-discipline and mental toughness in a single-person sport when there's nobody to blame, then I can go be a quarterback of my team and have that much more control, that much more, you know, uh, 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 tools in my tool belt to be a successful athlete. So that's why, again, doing both and then the individual sport versus the team sport, they if they mix, I think you become a better athlete overall. No, for sure. And I, you know, I, I always brag about some of the things that they've done in PGA to actually interest kids in golf yeah. is the junior league, you know, because golf is pretty stinking intimidating when you're just by yourself. It can be super crazy, <laughs> right? Like it's like, oh my gosh, it's all me, it's by myself. But junior league kind of gives them a little bit of taste of competition. Um, another a, a thing that I wanted to talk about that I thought that was interesting because you'll understand this. I mean, and Don Trell smashes the ball for those of you who don't know, <laughs> he can kill it. But there's all again talk of rollback is coming back and all that sort of stuff, which to me is oh, nonsense. That the ball? Yeah, it's, <sighs> it's silly because they and and there there's companies that are really good. USGA is actually pretty good about this, but they're tracking um, driving distance for the average player. We're not talking the tour, you know. That's like. Like Don Trell said, the point zero 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 whatever percent. <laughs> yeah. We're talking everybody that plays, and the average driving distance of let's just go, I don't know, twenty to twenty nine. You know, kind of that Age. The average, and that's the better golfers. The average driving distance is only two seventy four. For 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 guys age yeah, group twenty for, males, for twenty to twenty nine, and that's that's basically a scratch golfer. Wow, that's not the um, novice golfer you're not talking about. Zero talk to a five handicap, it's two, 265. So people think like wow. when people say like, oh, I hit it. So, yeah. yeah, it's like these are like averages, and that's the really, really good, good golfers. Good golfers. Yeah. Um, if you go, let's just say a 10 handicap, mm -hmm. 235. Wow. That's the average so, driving distance. So people that, you know, and I speak to this because. That's, that's pretty crazy. Why are you playing tees that like if your average driver distance Talking about those guys tee, that play the blues and, and, and exactly <laughs> your driver distance is 240 and then you have 200 into the green it's, it's just a, not very fun no it's not because golf is hard regardless right wow that's I'm, I'm actually excited jerome i'm a 10 handicap and i'm about like 290 300 yeah there. and like i said you're an exception <laughs> that's why i said people don't know like you smash the ball right wow but, that's, There's I, no need to play, and and again, I've said this at ad nauseum, I guess. But really, short courses are making a comeback, and oh. executive courses and par three courses because people have more fun in those kinds of courses. Right? You know, I don't understand why people would go, you know, to like a Twin Warriors and say, "Let's play the tips." It's like, dude, oh my gosh. you are making yourself 
miserable for so, the day. I was at I was at Ladera one time, it was a few years ago, and I saw a guy, and he's you know, oh Dontrell, you're playing the whites, come on, man. And I was like, no, man, I don't have testosterone in my blood. I I just go play, and I want to enjoy golf. Could I play the blues? Sure. Me and my boys are out there having a good time. We make a conscious decision not to play the blues. We don't want to hold people up. Yeah. We're not we're not scratch golfers. You know, yep. we want to have an eight iron in, not a four iron Dude. in, or not, you know, it's just so fun. Good. And he, but again, those testosterone driven men, we've talked about that, right? Where they shoot 127 every weekend, but they're playing from the blues. <laughs> you know, well, you're, you're hitting your drive 218 yards. Yeah, and you have 218 to go in off the ground or off the dirt wherever. Play the you're whites, playing man. From. Play the whites, and Which I told him it's funny you said that too because I was at a golf course not too long ago and they were building out some really forward tees and i was like dude that is a great idea and someone told me like well there's some people that are really not happy around here about that and i'm like okay so let me get this straight you want to not have wedges and nine irons and eight irons in your hand that doesn't make any sense you're gonna hit driver three wood three wood hybrid (laughs) chip like how fun is that it's not it's not but again i I hit it far. Well, yeah, you took 12 shots to get to the green, bro. And then speaking on that, that goes to the USGA, like, wanting to roll the ball back. I'm like, right. what are you doing? So I wonder what Why? that is. Do you think there's a there's a misperception that the, that people are hitting the ball farther? Well, it's the tour. The tour oh, drives you, it. Is they get, and, and I have said this a bunch of times on this show and the show before when it was just a golf. Part of it is, okay, those guys are the top-level player right. in the world. Not Period. even in the country, the world. world. They train the best. They have the best equipment. And they're playing on golf courses. Those fairways run like greens that we play on. Oh, wow. They hit, and it rolls 50, 50 yards. yards. So lands at like, 290. He, you know, he hit that 375. And it's like, well, it rolled 40 yards. Yes, they hit it good. But, I mean, the average golfer, obviously – is not hitting that shot. But not even close, though. So why are we rolling the ball back and yeah. making it harder? For, for, for amateurs. Ab- yes. Yeah. So why not just do it for the PGA Tour guys? And I think it's because of money. they don't want it either. Oh. I'll tell you, they don't want it. Gotcha. They think it's dumb. And again, they hit it great anyway. You could give them a toothpick. They're, they're gonna, still going to hit it great. Yep. You're gonna you're you're you can make a ball that only goes 190. They're going to figure out a way to hit it 200. If you make the rim <laughs> smaller, who who's Steph Curry's going to make Curry a three. Still gets <laughs> even a bigger advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give me a break. So it's yep. yeah. That's always in, that's always an interesting topic. But For sure. Yeah. It's it's silly. So um, we got to take a quick break, and you know, coming back, we're going to talk about the state of the Lobos. Uh, no, no one better than the Lobo <laughs> himself, Don Trump Moore. And I saw some news, so I I want to get your take on you know how how they compete. And I, I'm talking everything, not just you know, football or basketball or whatever, but uh, we'll come back and check on the state of Lobo. So I am Jerome Espinosa. He's Don Moore, and we are on 101.7 The Team ESPN Radio. Let's get back to the 8th Grady Sports Show with Jerome Espinosa and Don Moore on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. Welcome back to the 8th Grady Sports Show. I am Jerome Espinosa, and I'm alongside my guy Don Moore. Um, welcome back to A Gray Sports Show. If you're in need of regripping, club repair, golf instruction, hit us up. Winter is here and the weather is terrible. Come on inside, give it a shot. <laughs> and you know, speaking on that, we have an event going on here in the next couple of weeks at up in our golf studio. We got 
Um, the freezing bells open. Nice. Dun, dun, dun. Sold out, dude. Sweet. Sold out. I missed it. You sent it to you me. You know somebody, so I don't know. Maybe we can sneak you in there, but two-person scramble on TrackMan and that sort of stuff. So we'll see. It's our first one. We thought we'd give it a chance, uh, see what happens. It'll be it'll be a fun time. We'll have a great time with it. Um, but the state of the Lobos, and the reason I say this is I can't remember. I have to see if I got a photo on it. Oh, that's what it was. So I saw a local, or not a local, but a national football coach that mentioned something and said, he said, quarterbacks are expensive. College. He said, quarterbacks are expensive right now. He said, a good quarterback in the portal is going to cost you anywhere from $1.5 to $2 million. Wow. He's right on. Dude. He's right on, man. It's unbelievable. Right or wrong, it's unbelievable. I can't believe you said that, but I knew you were going to. Right or wrong, it, it, it's it's true, and I, and this is a quarterback that can lead your team to a bowl victory or to a you know it's 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 a it's a top tier quarterback, right? Not yeah. your average quarterback is not going to be right in there. He's still going to be. But he's in the portal, yeah, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah, well, he's in the port. You're saying that the guy that's in the portal that's now going to be 1.5 or wants something to come to your school. He was really good at his school, but it, the, the coach didn't want him. Or you know what I mean? There was yeah. differences, and that's why that's what's happening with this portal. It's not that the kid's not good. He just. Butt heads, maybe maybe he butts heads with Jerome, but he comes to Dontrell and he he flourishes. How but about Don- money? Is that Jerome, part of it? Jerome can only pay him two hundred. I'm in your ear and I'll say, hey, I can pay you nine to million. Come on over, and he's gone. He's gone. Here's the bigger thing. He can be flourishing in your offense. Oh. Flourishing. You already know where I'm about to go with this. He could be flourishing in your offense. Heisman hopeful. Maybe that's a little high, right? Conference player of the year hopeful. You're paying him three hundred, dude. He ends the season. I send him a little message in the portable. In the portal, hey, come win a come win a championship over here. I'll give you five hundred. I'll give you a million. Jerome, I regret to inform you that Mr. John Jones has left your school and is going to Don Tromo. That's the world we live in now, dude. And he's flourishing at your school. Not not because everybody thinks of the portal just as the kid no, that what yeah. everybody thinks of the portal as the disgruntled kid or the kid that no longer happy. No. It's free agency. A.J. Halsey was a freshman All-American here with the Lobos. He was a leading tackler. Mount West Conference uh, freshman of the year. U of H offered him a little more money. He left. Well, dude, and that's kind of where I was going with this. Is We're going to sit here, and again, I don't I don't even know the football or <laughs> Landscape, I didn't watch yeah. games and any of that stuff with <laughs> right. the Lobos. And Coach Gonzalez is a good dude. I met him a couple times. Great guy. Then they let him go, which, okay, whatever. It's a performance thing in this day and age. I get it. But how many dudes have jumped in the portal already? And then this big time coach said that it cost you one and a half to two million to get a quarterback. But Lobo fans are going to complain. We're going to complain. Lobo Land is going to throw a fit. Get a new coach. We need wins. This or this. Okay, boys. Pay him. Do you have two million? There you go. One player. Well, think about that. If you have one player and one coach, that's two million. Because you're going to have to pay a coach a million dollars for him to come here if it's a big-name coach, right? And then one player, that's $2 million to players. Now, the only team that's kind of spending money a little bit, it seems like basketball is kind of being able to get those guys. There's some extra NIL money kind of floating around right now. But I don't know that that's there for the football team, which is, you know, unfortunate. But, again, it, it – it's 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 literally like free agent. It's it's professional football in college. Yep. yep. It's the craziest thing. Well, and I said something along that same lines. He had mentioned that was it the San Francisco one of the quarterbacks that's still on his rookie deal. The quarterback is only making like eight hundred seventy thousand. But yeah. the guys in the portal are getting uh, one point five to two. I'll give like, you pr- Shador, what? Shador Sanders makes more than Brock Purdy. That's maybe that was who it was. 
was Brock Purdy. Because <laughs> I'm a Niner fan. Yeah, right? that was him. Maybe it was because it was a Niner. <laughs> Shadur Sanders makes multiple quarterbacks make more than Brock Purdy. Multiple. So, again, I go back to the Lobo football. Okay, we're talking about this right now. Absolutely. Look at this. I mean, people are in the portal. Like, how do you even, how do you compete? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Jerome, you can't. And I, I hate, as obviously a proud alum, love my Lobos, broadcast every game. Still, I don't know that we can compete unless people are willing to, to offer and spend money, right? Like, it's hard. I don't, you could bring Nick Saban in here. But if people aren't going to provide money to get players, they're going to go play for Nick Saban's assistant at somewhere or other school we where he's getting money. Basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, to me it seems like you're a junior college. All these teams that are whatever level – and, you know, obviously the SEC and the Big Ten and some of these huge conferences, the New Mexicos and all those, we're, we're a junior college. It does. Face you know, it. I know That's that. what you are. I had not thought about that you until you said that. You kids, you're like, okay, this guy's good. He's, I'm just going to say middle yeah, tier. Yeah. And I'm talking quarterback, yeah, obviously. Yeah. You know, running back, sure. receiver. Okay, we'll take a chance. Skill position. And then all of a sudden, this dude has a conference. Let's just say he's honorable mention or second team, he's whatever. Gone. He's gone. He's gone. Gone. Because someone a Texas Tech says, "Hey, dude, we can an pay Oregon you State five hundred thousand. You were getting zero, gone, like literally gone." And you just said it. You just reiterated what I said. He had a great year at said school. Yep. Let's just not pick on the Lobos, right? But what, the multiple schools, right? But then you talk about New Mexico State, and somehow they've won ten games, beat Auburn at Auburn. Now it's it's so crazy, and I think that kind of had something to do with Coach Gonzalez's thing, where people were like, "Wow, New Mexico State has." Maybe less resources and NIL money than us, but somehow they've won ten games this year. You well, know, and like I said, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Whoever like adapts the quickest to like, okay, I'm a JUCO, I'm going to live with that, yeah. and do what I can, yeah. And I get it. Like people are going to want you to win games, right? I mean, it's just I don't know. It is like you're going to have to embrace like, okay, then I'm going to have to go get I don't know, maybe a D two portal kid. A D three point and then kid. hope they and hope or they pan out for you and hope that they play well. Kid. Yeah, and that's what I think New Mexico State was able to do. They didn't have a whole bunch of million dollar players. They had zero. Yeah, right. But they had maybe a lot of twenty thousand dollar players who wanted to play and wanted to make a name for themselves. And you know they they've won ten games. And I'm not I can't believe I'm talking about New Mexico State <laughs> like this, but I just have to respect what they've done. It's yeah. it's that simple. So I don't know. It's interesting to see the landscape of college football. Personally, being an old school guy, I don't like it. Yeah. I do like that the kids aren't eating ramen noodles, which we've said a thousand times. We've talked about it, but I just there has to be some kind of limit. And now there's one portal. You can only transfer once. Now you can only get in the portal once. Really? Yes. Yeah, so they did put a, they, they did put a limit on that, or you can transfer once. I believe it is. You can go in the portal as many times as you want, but you can only transfer once. Like because it's kind of like you know like with NBA players where they kind of put their name in the draft, but they don't hire an agent. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they kind of fill out what they're gonna. Does gotcha. that make sense? Yeah. So like let's say me, I'm here in New Mexico. And I'm unhappy, I can put my name in the portal, and if there's not a lot of people that reach out, then I can just stay at New Mexico, and then I can do it again the very next year, put my name in the portal, see if there's any fillers. Gosh. It's, it's crazy, but some coaches, like Coach Gonzalez happened, if you put your name in the portal, and if nobody took you, yeah, 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 he, we didn't want you. Yep. And I can't, that's, I think I'd be that kind of coach. If you put your name in a portal. Well, you're, you're shopping. You're Exactly. What are you shopping for? Let's commit I mean, to this, and let's make it happen, but. Gosh, and that's, I mean, and again, I mean, you know, we're talking, I mean, obviously we focused on Lobos or whatever, but it's happening all over the country. It is, right. I mean, you know. Oh, I my mean, gosh. And everyone wants to talk about Colorado and how quickly people have jumped <sighs> off of, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. It's just like, 
It. I hate it. Me too. It's but it's the landscape, it, and, and I'm like, it's going to be a contest of who adjusts the quickest. There you go. To like, okay, how can I? I mean, you can't hate it because we'd fail. You're I, have I, to I, I was just it. saying that you're going to coaches, the old school it. coaches that would that don't embrace it will fail. Period. You absolutely period. You will. Period. You have to survive it and say, okay, here's where it is. This is how it's moved. Um, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And again, the fan bases, and I'll say fan bases who have pockets, and you know, New Mexico, we're a poor state. Let's just yeah. do it. Like it is what it is. That's what we are. We can't. We will never compete with an Oregon and Phil Knight, yeah. Oklahoma State, who has whatever Boone, and then you know the oh, the, SEC, the SEC yeah. team. You just can't do it. Yeah, no, you There's, can't. There's unlimited resources happening. at those schools, and even the next, the next, um, the Power Five. You have those are the Power Five schools, and then you have the the group of five schools, like. Boise, right, is a group of five school, not a power five school. They have more resources than – I was thinking about this the other day. Craig Bull is the head coach at the University of Wyoming. Okay. He makes $2.1 million a Holy year. Holy cow, dude. Danny Gonzalez is making $700,000 a year. Think about that. Dude, so, and that's, that's in Wyoming. That's in Laramie, Wyoming. Absolutely. So when you think about Who that – Who to be in Laramie right now? No one. Oh, my gosh. No one. <laughs> It is beautiful when it's beautiful, yeah. right? I heard a lot of wonderful things. I've been to Wyoming, like Jackson Hole or Jackson. I think that's what it's called. But when I, I was like, Craig Bull makes $2.1 million in Laramie, and we can't figure out enough to get – if we want a good coach, right? That's what Eddie Nunez talked about. If we want a big-name coach, how do we pay You're him? You're not getting him. I'm sorry. It's With the landscape the way it is, and really, to be honest, you can be a little bit grumpy about like – well, you're going to pay me because you're going to fire me right. here soon. Right. And I have to figure out this landscape really quick. Quick. Figure right. out the state, figure out the program, figure out the the conference. Like, there's a lot of things that take place. And we've said it before. Some of the sports that don't have to put 11, or I guess I should 22. say 22, mm-hmm. on the field at a time can adjust a little bit easier. Yeah. Because it's less. Always, I think I always heard that, like, and it may have changed, but the Mountain West. The way you win the Mountain West and be really successful is you want to have two to three pros on your team. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how the coaches have approached it. Like if I have two or three pros on the team, I can win the Mountain West. Obviously, conferences, bigger yeah. conferences change. You right, four, four or five. five. Yeah, but um, I would say two: one on offense, one on defense. I think is kind of yeah. So would, how are you going to get those guys you to win to have, the conference? You have to have eight or nine hundred thousand dollars to get those guys here. And that's, dude, I hate it. And it, but again, you know, as I see people, and I'm just a, I'm just a bystander. I'm not in nearly as in <laughs> right, as you are. But right. I'm like, you know, you're talking. Okay, Zach Arnett. I've heard that name, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I love Zach, and mm-hmm. I love his sister. Like they're the best. They're awesome. But I'm like, that dude came off making eight million or whatever he was making. Really? Yeah. Did he they didn't go did get they, a coordinator spot? Well, I don't. I don't know if he was making eight. Did they give him eight as the interim know, at that year? I don't know. I, I don't like remember. Half of what yeah. All those other guys oh yeah. Make. Well, I. I mean, uh, there's a name that came up. Holman Wiggins. He was a. He was a running back here when I first got here and uh, graduated my freshman year. And he's the assistant offensive coach at Alabama. He makes eight hundred thousand dollars a year. He makes more than Coach Gonzalez is making as a head coach here. So why is he going to come take the heat? That's exactly from everybody. Yep. And it's less. going to be hard to compete here. You're going to make $500,000, $600,000, maybe $700,000, and then struggle to get the players that you need to be successful because you don't have the resources and money to – because it's not about, you know, 
they said they hired me as the running back coach. Everyone's gonna love Dontrell Moore as a running back coach, but if player, if I don't have the money to play the kid who wants to come play for Dontrell, he's not coming. Yeah, but that's you, how I feel it is now. People say, "How come you don't coach?" Well, I don't know that I can coach in this era of college football. I don't know, right? I, I be, I'm a really good uh, motivator. I'm a really good coach. But if the kid loves me when I'm sitting on his couch, and his second question is, "How much are you gonna pay me?" I might get up and walk out. Yeah, what I mean. Because I can't pay you anything. I don't have anything. Yeah, like what? I mean, my you bank s- account is low. I, I don't. And t- yeah, it's it's nuts. Dude. It really I mean, is. Think about it. Like just the way that it's like, I mean, it's legit free agency. It is. 100%. And you have to get lucky. And that's why, and we'll talk about it in the, in the last segment, but when, you know, Dion and stuff, when people are saying he might fail and all that, I was like, he's going to be able to get whoever he wants. Yeah, I mean, it's just. And that that doesn't happen here, though. I, so, I think there's a golf coach, Butch Hartman, that's funny that says something about thoroughbreds and donkeys. Like, I'm, right? Like, yeah. if you have a thoroughbred, you're in an advantage. <laughs> I mean, if you have a donkey, a donkey can't compete with a thoroughbred. Not and that's a, not calling anybody anything. No, no, it's no. just saying, you know, there's there's some tears there. And again, I would even, I'll even use Erlacher. Okay. Erlacher comes to New Mexico. Nobody knows who he is. He won 55 out of Lovington. Yep. Nobody has any clue. It was his only Junior offer. Junior year. Now it's Erlacher, 6'4", 2 whatever, drilling. He Four, can three, return punts. He can catch passes. Run like the wind blows. He can do whatever. And someone comes to him of Michigan and says, hey, Brian, gone. we're offer you $2 million. Gone. I mean, now who knows? Right. Maybe he He's stays. He's a New Mexican yeah. burning, born and yeah. bred, so maybe it's in him. But yeah. I'm like, how do you tell a kid that? Come on. I know. I, I think about myself. Yeah, there you go. You know, I, I you know, I had offers all over the country. Just decided to stay close to home. And after my sophomore year when I was second in the nation in, in touchdowns What's and What's that worth? <laughs> <laughs> what would that be worth right now? Man. Two seriously. Two? Two million a year? You know? And what I've left? I don't know. Coming from humble's beginnings, you think about it. I mean, you, your mindset changes, and you can speak to this. I'm speaking for you, I guess, but like, <laughs> I'd be thinking, like, dude, what can I do for my parents? That's what like, I said. Come from humble beginnings. What the heck? Like, you know, the house I could build them. You know, I could pay off some of their debt. Like, that's kind of where I would go. To be Absolutely. honest, all the sacrifices my parents made for, for me, me. That's what I'm going to say. Like, and hey, it, mom, do you want a ranch? I what know. do you want? I got you. Like, I got you. Yeah, and and it would be, it's a tough decision. Especially if you're if you're uh, loyal like I am, right? People aren't loyal these days. They tell you one thing, do another. Oh, right. Um, and I think if you're loyal, then it would be a tough decision. But like I said, even me as loyal as they come, Roswell, New Mexico had offered stayed home. If someone came to me after my sophomore year and said, "Hey, can we let, let's change your life? Come on over here to Oregon State. Come on over here to Michigan for you know X amount of dollars," I would have to consider it. Not saying I would. I love the Lobos. I you know. You, you don't through. look at it, you're silly. Absolutely. That's a lottery ticket that you're cashing in. Absolutely. You don't have to hope for numbers. Right. Like you have the number, you have the ticket in your hand and you're right. cashing it in. I mean, dude, I yeah, I mean, it's, and again, you know, we're just talking about football or whatever, but I, that happens everywhere. Oh, every sport. Go, go take a golfer. And I, I use New Mexico kids because there's been so many, you know, and Aiden Kraft is one of the golfers out of New Mexico that's at Oregon and you know, he's actually playing over there and doing good stuff. But the golfers, it happens to all the time. Right. A kid comes in and works his butt off, and you gave him a chance, and then some school comes and picks him off. Yeah. And he's gone. 
Oh, there's and I mean, I don't know. Coaches, I'm sure coaches have gotten better about like, well, I mean, you know, I can't come up with 800 to match. Because if you match it, maybe he'll stay. Maybe, though. Maybe. But then what is that? What kind of taste does that put in your mouth as a coach, though? That's what I think about. Well, I'm telling you, you have to adjust. Yeah. There's no way you can be pissed about it. Because oh. if you're bitter about it, and I'm, I'm, I'm as loyal as they come to, so no. I'd be really hurt. No doubt. But I'm like, okay, do I want to, like, win or – how do you doubt him? Right. No, you can't. You can't doubt him. You can't uh, hold it against him. You just have to say, "Hey, I'll, here's my shot, and and see what happens." You know. So and that is the landscape of college football. And now we transition to the most prestigious trophy, maybe in all of sports, and a season wrap up. And was it the right wrap? When we return on the other side, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Let's get back to the 8th Grady Sports Show with Jerome Espinoza and Dontrell Moore on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Hello, welcome back. I'm here with Jerome Espinosa, PGA professional and director of 8th Grady's golf program. I am Dontrell Moore, director of Dontrell Moore Football Academy, and you are listening to the 8th Grady's Sports Show. Well, we talked at length about college football. <laughs> yes, sorry, dude. I'm like, <laughs> and I love it. And I love it. But now let's go to what I believe is the most famous individual award in all in American sports. I would argue, and maybe I get your thoughts on this before I get into it, um, the Heisman Trophy. I would argue that the Heisman Trophy trophy itself is just as famous and popular as the Lombardi Super Bowl trophy. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean it is. It's just there's so much history, right? It's been going you can probably speak how long it's been going, but it's been going forever. And it's, you know, I would say, you know this, football's, college football's more, most prestigious thing. Like everybody, if they could win a Heisman and, you know, who else does the Heisman pose as they're going into the end zone? I don't right. care if you're five or 105, that's a pose that people have done forever. And right. It is. I mean, it's historical and all those guys come back. I mean, how many dudes come back to that and, the history of it, and there's a lot of pride in it. Obviously, for me, I hate the media part of it. Yeah, how it's picked. You know that We've I do. Talked about that before, yep. but yeah, I, 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 there's so much into it, and, and we'll just get right into a little bit of like the politics of it. And and I think what what's what I struggle with with the politics of it is that I I think it's like 98 percent of the of the of the award of the the winners are offensive guys. Oh yeah, it, it's like, and I'm an offensive guy, right? But I'm like, oh. It should just be the best player in college football. Then it transitions to being the best player on the best team. That's not, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I like I, I get frustrated with that because I'm like, it, 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 just like the NBA MVP, yep. right? Jordan should have won the NBA MVP every single year he played. Zero chance, <laughs> nothing about it. David Robinson shouldn't have got that one. Karl Malone shouldn't have got that one. Charles Barkley got the one in 93. Those should have been all Jordans. The same can be said for LeBron James, right? There were years where it's like there was no doubt he was the best player and other people. Nash got two in a row. No. My point is it's it changes from being the best player. Here's And maybe you disagree. I'll let you talk on this. Let's say you're an NBA and you guys go 20 and 60 or 20 and 62, right? And you literally averaged 40 points a game, but you guys were 20 and 62. And it was clear that Jerome Espinosa was the best player in the NBA. In your opinion, should that person win the MVP? I mean, he's got to be. You got to look at him for sure. He's not and, even getting look. Yeah, and I mean he doesn't have a chance. Is what I'm saying. It's funny you say this because, um, you know, I 
we used to do this, and this is at a lower level, but in right. high school basketball, the district player of the year, right. right, or the city player of the year, and I'm like, how do you, what are you guys, like, how are you judging this? Like, <laughs> right. the, you know, and the way it votes and all that sort of stuff, but, you know, there does have to be a little bit no, said yeah, for, winning. like, leading your team, um, and I've always said this, like, how much easier it is when you're down 30 to score 25? That's easy. Because you don't like, even care. There's Yeah, that's defense you might be playing against you know third team or whatever right. there's no pressure however but when it's a when it's, you're in the championship games we, and you perform dude that says an awful lot because you're there's a lot more pressure and i think that should be the differentiating factor yeah right not the only factor yeah does that make sense because yeah. I'll, I'll transition into the, the the odds are right here's the odds on favorites there's three there's three what position do you think they all play probably quarterback <laughs> bo nicks or just so you know i know nothing about football and that's crazy <laughs> He even said he's a novice, and he knows that all three of the finals, and now they just moved last year, there's going to be four no matter what, oh, so okay. it'll just be a lesser quarterback, right? Yeah. But the top three odds are favorite are Bo Nix, Oregon, um, uh, Jaden Daniels, LSU, and uh, Penix Jr. from Washington, right? Those are the three odds on favorite. So my pick to win it all, my pick, and I think it's not even close. I think he is clearly the best player in college football this year. Jaden Daniels from LSU. Here's why he won't win it. They're nine and three in the SEC. Oh. Nine and three. Dude, that's still that, really that's freaking good. Thank you. He won't oh win it. God. Bo Nix, who I think will they will win it, is undefeated at Oregon. He'll play against Penix Jr. in Michael Penix Jr. in um the Pac twelve championship. And both of those teams have a chance if they win to go where? To the oh, college playoff. football playoffs. Neither one of them are as good as Jaden Daniels this year. I'm I'm not and Penn, and and um Bo Nix is out of his mind. 16 total touchdowns, one pick in his last four games for an average of 370 yards per game Jeez average. Balling out of his mind. I'm not disagreeing with that. Right? Well, and here's my question as you say that. Does that have something to do with like the offense that he plays in and the style they play? Absolutely. Because obviously you can cater something to somebody um, I'll use Reuben Douglas when oh, he yeah. played for UNM here. Led the nation in scoring. Led the nation in scoring. That was like tailor-made for him. Like the <laughs> offense was tailor-made for him, and that dude used to shoot a billion shots a game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, obviously, he made a bunch. Right. But there's got to be something to that, too, and the sexiness of the school he's at. No doubt. He's at Oregon. Right. It looks pretty. He's on TV. Everybody, they have this wow factor. They have this. That's why I thought it was funny when the when the Oregon coach said that Dion is doing it for clicks. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm like, like are you on, serious? Dude. Says the school who started the clicks. Because <laughs> remember, Oregon wasn't very good <laughs> no. years ago. Then they got that money and they got those jerseys. Uniforms. Then they turned into this thing and, and kudos to them. But yeah, I just think that's funny. Here's why my pick of Jaden Daniels. He's the transfer from ASU. Coach Gonzalez actually had him oh, at ASU. Had a really good um, relationship with him. So last week, just alone, 235 yards passing, 120 yards rushing, and four touchdowns versus A&M. Wow. On the season, he has 50 total touchdowns. He's the 11th player ever to throw for 3,000 yards and run for 1,000 yards in the same season. And he's almost at 4,000 passing yards, and he has almost 1,200 rushing yards. You ready for this? Two players in history had similar years. You ready for their names? 2012, Johnny Football. Same exact numbers. What did he do? Win the Heisman. Ready for this guy? 2016, Mr. Lamar Jackson. Same numbers. He won the Heisman. This guy's not going to win it. He's not going to win it. <laughs> <laughs> so he's having a Johnny Manziel, Lamar Jackson type year, 
and they're going to give it to Bo Nix because Bo Nix is probably going to make the college football playoff. I have a huge issue with that. And he's 9-3 and three in the SEC. So I just I struggle. It's not like he's 3-9. You know, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, 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 yeah. 500 or anything Correct. like that. Like, he's, he's at LSU. You convinced me. Jaden Daniels, look him up, man. So, and and the process is this, and I have a vote. There's there's there's, there's top four vote getters get invited, and I have a vote, which is really cool. Um, there's 870 college football covering media guys, 57 living former winners, and one fan vote. And um, they all kind of vote, and then the top four get to go to New York for the the ceremony. So. I don't know. I just I just think the Heisman thing is, is 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 an awesome thing, and there is this big game obviously this weekend, Oregon versus Washington, and I think the winner of that game, if simple, if Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship, Bo Nix will win the Heisman, and it hurts Jaden Daniels because he's done for the season. He doesn't oh, have a. He's yeah. not playing in the SEC championship so because that's get between. To see him another correct. Time. You will get to see him in the bowl game, that's but too late. But it? it's way too late. Yep, December 4th is when the voting stops for the Heisman, and his bowl game is not till Christmas Day. Dude, that's kind of crazy. There should be a cutoff. To, and again, I'm I think they should wait till no after the bowl games. And I'm just like, yeah. wait a second. That's an advantage when they get to see you again. Absolutely. And then they see you and you play well. Yep. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be the best game of the year, right? You know, this weekend is the Pac 12 championship, one of them, right? Because the, the top two, three of the Heisman are in that game. Oh, the Washington quarterback is yeah, poor dude sitting out. He has out, no out chance. Jaden Daniels has no chance. Twiddling is the phone. only thing that could happen is let's say they both play to a stalemate. It's like seven <laughs> seven. It's terrible. And it's terrible, right? They're like Not gonna four happen. interceptions. Not gonna happen. They're both gonna score forty points. It's gonna be a shootout. It's gonna be awesome. So, um, you know, as we transition, you know, I, I like I said, I think the Heisman is just an absolutely amazing uh, kind of. Um, uh, award. I think that there's so many um, politics that go into it, but we'll see. Kind of. Um, what how it turns out? Like I said, I get I'm excited because I'm one of the you know very few in the country um, that have a vote, and I and I and I take pride in that. So it's actually really awesome. So, um, as we wrap up global football season, and the question I ask is, we'll wrap up the season, and we'll also talk about um, did they make the right decision? Um, and I'll ask you that just from a novice standpoint, if you believe that um, was it the right wrap up? And letting go of Coach Gonzalez, uh, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. If you have an opinion, if you don't, that's okay. But we'll start there. They wrapped up obviously by moving on from Coach Gonzalez, and we talked a little bit about the player or the coaching and the money and all the things. But just overall, from a you know, not disrespectful from a no, novice, no. Yeah, what are your thoughts you're on exactly that? Exactly right. I, personally, I don't. I know I understand people. You know, you're looking at the attendance, you're looking at the wins and losses. But I always say, you know, and I don't, I don't know if he was ever a head coach. But that's a huge transition. I always tell people when you move, and I say six inches over in a seat, right? right. I'm talking basketball-wise. Oh, right. From assistant to head. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you don't see as an assistant that you're like, Whoa. holy cow. Yeah, like then when Neil add, went from, you know, yes. yes. It's yeah. way different. Yeah. Then you add, you know, a COVID year. Then you add you're at New Mexico. You got to figure out how that works. You got to figure out. And he, I think he said it. I, th- I read an article or that he had mentioned. He said, I wish he was going after high school players. Yeah. He goes, maybe I should have used the portal a little Sooner, better. Exactly Sooner. what he said. Mm-hmm. And it's like, give the dude, I don't know. At he least figured that out. I agree. Like, you know, if he'd have been like, nope, we're all in. Like, yeah. But he obviously said like, yeah, I probably could have done this sooner. And we just talked about it earlier in the segments about utilizing. You got to adjust. And this year, day and age, it's you better adjust 
within fast. seconds. <laughs> yeah, it can't be. It, but it a should. Year. It shouldn't be that way though. There's no more of you know bringing in college football players and develop them as nope. a high school freshman. Deion said at the start of the year, I'm I, if I have this really good freshman who I'm unsure of, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna go check the portal and see somebody who's played in college football yep. who's maybe unhappy at his other school, and I'm gonna bring him in over the 18 year old freshman. And so yeah, I, I I would agree. I think Coach Gonzalez definitely deserved another year, and I know it's hard. I know Eddie. I think he's a great guy. I know it's difficult to make those decisions when there's pressure, but you know that is the rap. And I would have liked to him like to have seen him get another year. He won four games. He was literally. Um, you know, two wins away from from being bowl eligible. The New Mexico State, I say four or five plays away from being bowl eligible, which is the Utah State game. He was fourth in inches. If they get that first down, they win oh, that game. Yep. And then New Mexico State, if they get one stop, they win that game. That's six wins. They're bowl eligible, right? They're, he's not fired after that, right? He's bowl eligible. So it wasn't like, and then they were in every game, pretty yeah. much. It was never, even the A&M game, you're like, wow, they they showed, showed up really well. It wasn't like boy, men against boys. You know, the score said that, but, you know, my point is, I think collectively I think he deserved the the last part but you know um, there were some positive notes that came out of the season Ja'Cory Krosky Merritt yep. was the running back uh, he ended up getting second team all conference um, had over a thousand yards rushing became the third leading uh, for the season um, third most touchdowns in a season he had 17 the second place is 18 and then you may know the guy who got ninth or 21 in one season who uh, is the leading <laughs> touchdown guy he's <laughs> but, right here uh, he's right here yep and I, I was supportive of Ja'Cory Krosky Merritt um, so congratulations to, to that young man for uh, second team all conference and um, you know being almost 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 breaking one of my records and I was pulling for him <laughs> I really was um, also J.C. Davis um, was one of the offensive linemen he is. He was first team all conference. He was the first. Think about this. We talked about having good players, right? He was the first first team all conference player from the University of Mexico in eight years. Jeez, dude. The first first team all conference player since 2014. So wow. think about that. How are you competing for a Mountain West Conference championship? How are you thinking that that's possible? You've only had one all Mountain West well all Mountain West Conference performer in eight years, seven that's seasons. Nuts. So. It's crazy. Um, they were four and eight this year, like I said, and I agree. Five plays away from being in bowl eligible. Um, ex- excited, Coach Vincent. Um, um, Brian Vincent was the offensive coordinator that came from UAB, and they went from last place last year to first place, meaning they had the biggest turnaround from, let's say, averaging twenty points a game to yeah. averaging. It was the biggest turnaround in college football this year. They were number one in the country oh in their gosh. transition. So he's also a candidate potentially for the head coaching job. Um, Once again, I'll speak to, and I'll say this, and I don't know who he is. I don't even know anything about it. But there is a huge, huge difference when you move that six inches over to the head <laughs> no coaching doubt. seat. No, there it's, is. It, it's just, it's way different. No, it is. And not that, I mean, again, I've coached before, and I made that move at a way smaller level, like high school. Right. But for me, I was like, oh, that's why he does this. That's why he did that. <laughs> That's what you have to deal right. with. That's what you have to go. And I'm not. I'm no longer 100% concentrating on coaching. Right. There's so many other things going on. Facts. That you can't just coach. You can't. When you're a coordinator, 
You, you just, just coach. coach. And you're a head coach. You have to worry about the media. You have to worry about both sides of the ball. You have to worry about special teams. You have to worry about uh, academics. Uh, academics. You have to worry about uh, graduation rate. You have to worry about resources. You have to worry about uh, uh, the port. You, you know what? So many things. <laughs> Literally in one game, the timeouts. What are we doing? What is the fans? What is the clock? You know, you can't you, you, you can't just coach. Are we going for it on fourth down or not? Like, you know what I mean? Are we not? Are we punting? What's our down and distance? Way There's different. so many other things. And the reality is, and I, I uh, Richie McKay. I, I remember him. Everyone talked about that they thought that he was just a better assistant coach. Because you remember he yep, was, became yep. the head coach and, and went now. I think he's maybe Liberty. Yeah, I don't remember. He's been at Liberty. For a while. Is he the head coach there or assistant coach? Uh, he was the head coach for a long for time. For a while. But everyone was like, he's just a really good assistant coach. But depending on the level of you know what you're doing and where you're at, I, I actually thought Coach McKay was a really good coach. But he, to your point, sometimes people are just really, 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 really good assistant coaches. You know, and, and you just you just kind of never you never know what it's going to be or what it's going to do. But I, I think that um, in, in closing, just here as we transition into the break, you know, some of the coaching candidates. It's or Bryant Vincent is the offense quarter last year. Gary Patterson, TCU um, former coach, you know, for 21 years. Uh, Holman Wiggins, who I mentioned, who was the athletic, uh, the uh, receiver coach at Alabama. Then Curtis Looper, who was my running back coach um, and has been in that won a national championship at Auburn, um, who's now the um, running back coach at Missouri and was under uh, Gary Patterson. Terrence Mathis, his name is thrown oh, in wow. the, uh, the picture there. Zach Arnett and obviously Rocky Long. So we will see. And that is the Lobo wrap. Congratulations to the Lobos on what was not, you know, the season they wanted, but uh, for all those kids who, to, who played well. Um, was prime time in Colorado a short time or just in time? <laughs> and is the NFL better than ever or in need of work? Find out when we return on ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. Let's get back to the 8th Grady Sports Show with Jerome Espinoza and Dontrell Moore on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Hello, hello. Once again, we welcome you back to the 8th Grady Sports Show. I'm here with Jerome Espinoza, PGA professional and director of 8th Grady's program. I am Dontrell Moore, director of Dontrell Moore Football Academy. Come join Dontrell Moore Football Academy, an all-encompassing academy where we focus on skill development, position-specific performance, and mental conditioning with a fun, competitive atmosphere. Interested? Go to 8gradies.com or email me at dmore at 8gradies.com. Um, you know, just kind of finish up from that last segment. Yeah, uh, Coach McKay is still at Liberty and, and, and doing well there, but I just I think it's interesting, um, um, you know, like you said, the transitioning from head coach or from, you know, assistant coach to head coach and then all the things that come into head coach, <laughs> right? And we transition right into the guy who maybe had the most – um, you know, uh, limelight and pressure, Dion yeah. Sanders, right Dude, at Colorado, right? I'm not kidding about that. Can you name another coach who was more in the spotlight, who had more, you know, pressure on him to succeed? More, I don't know, haters. You know, well, what's interesting to me, and I've I've watched it with everything, and you know, I always use Tiger Woods as a great example. Is people love to build those guys down and they love to take down the tower. No doubt. Every single time. So no the doubt. first four games or three games, how many people were, oh, I'm going to see you, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And now, you know, that they struggled through conference and conference is always different, too. Very That's tough. the other thing is the scouting's better, the scouting's more in depth. You 
I mean, as you get scouted more and all that sort of stuff, yeah. they find your tendencies. Absolutely. It's a lot harder. To keep winning. Yeah, and then and, you're going to, and I don't know. Here's man. the thing that I'll tell you, Jerome. It's different in college football in the sense of this. Now we talked about all this portal stuff that we talked early in the in the, uh, in the the show, is that if you don't have four or five good dudes, on, you know, and at Colorado, you know, where they're at, they have to have three on both sides probably to compete with those other schools. But here's what I'll tell you, very simply put, about being a head coach and being Dion as we talk about Colorado. Buffaloes and their season wrap is this six straight losses to end it all right that's yeah. what all everybody's going to talk about in eight losses in nine games but no one talks about that they went four and eight in that conference right they won one game last year yeah yeah i'm with you no one talks about that so when people ask you if i just asked you yes or no was this year this year a success or a failure from last year I would say massive success. A massive success. And they had injuries. Like, people forget about this all the time. Is you get rolling, and then, what was it, Travis Hunter? Travis they got, Hunter, their two-way player. and got hurt. He was out three And then, games. like, took some wind out of their Absolutely. sails. That's their, it's that was hard their... to recover sometimes as a team. He's one of your main dudes. On both sides of the football. And then Shadur got hurt yeah. late. And, I, again, I'm not making excuses. No, I'm just telling you how facts. stuff can happen. Yep. And it can seriously affect your no, season. Absolutely. Well, Coach, Coach Prime wasn't making excuses. He was saying these are facts. These are absolute facts, right? Shadur Sanders was the most sacked quarterback in all of college oh football. gosh, dude. He was the most oh. pressured quarterback in all of college football, right? That's he, crazy. He literally was. Um, and so it, it's just when you think about those things and how they kind of transition into their things, and now I'll, I'll, as we transition toward the end of the show, the 2024 prime expectations. He said we will be better. I will go get four or five dudes, and we will compete for a conference championship. I love that. 90% of coaches took a poll, and they all think he's going to struggle. What's your thoughts on that? Nah, I mean, year two, I think, is always different, but he'll go get what he needs to get. Like, I don't think he's stupid by any means, and – yeah, he's out there and gets after it, but I, I think they'll be successful depending so on what they get. And you know, all these kids decommitting or whatever, he'll just find other ones. There's plenty of them in the portal. I agree. I, I think he will. I think he'll figure it out. I think he deserves an opportunity. I think he's it's okay to be uh to have those expectations. And you should. You should. You know that he's he said it early in the season. We're one or two dudes away from doing what we want to do here. And um I think that's that's something to be said. I'm I'm optimistic for him because I saw the massive not only from a wins and losses, just the the notoriety they sold out every yeah. single football game. They hadn't sold out a game since 2016 or something oh, like that. And they sold out every single game, even with those eight losses. Yep. So, and then I think the last game of the season, they almost beat Utah. I mean, it's 23-17 in Utah. people in New Mexico wearing a CU Prime in New Mexico. Think about that. Never. Yeah. Right? And Boulder's right up the street, and people weren't supporting Boulder. No. They were supporting Prime. <laughs> exactly. So... So much that we've covered today, and so much, so much fun. And as always, Jerome, yeah, I, I just, awesome, I dude. just enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking uh, sports and everything in between. But uh, that will do it for this week, folks. I am Dontrell Moore, director of Dontrell Moore Football Academy, and a proud Lobo legend. He is Jerome Espinosa, PGA professional and director of Eight Grady's Golf Program. Thank you so much for listening. As always, there will be a link to today's show at eightgradies.com. Tune in next week where we talk golf, football, and everything in between every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Thank you for listening to the 8 Grady Sports Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team with Jerome Espinoza and Dontrell Moore. Come back every Saturday from 10 to 11 for all of the latest news and analysis from the world of golf. 
football, and much more.